Hi, this is Siri, and you're listening to Toddcast. This episode of Toddcast is sponsored by an anonymous listener and is dedicated to loving parents, deceased and present. I'll always be thankful to Employment and Social Development Canada for giving me my big break in professional podcasting. They also hired me into the public service, so I owe them for that too. But ESDC hired me to write and produce Indigenous Perspectives, stories from Indigenous public servants. You can find it on Canada.ca, my website, and major podcast subscription services. And what a journey that was for me and the people that I spoke with both professionally and personally. So, on this episode of Toddcast, a conversation that I hope adds to that series. A discussion about roles and approaches for public servants interested in making meaningful strides along the pathway towards Indigenous reconciliation. So today we're talking to Max Feinday, who is the Executive Director of Canadian Roots, a reconciliation-based nonprofit, and also on the line, Christian Bertelson, a public servant. Hello, gentlemen. Yeah, keep it going, Todd. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Tell us a bit about yourselves and uh, what roles you've had in your career with advancing reconciliation and partnership with Indigenous peoples in Canada. Yeah, sure. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll start off off the hop. Um, you know, as uh, as a proud Niheo Napio from Wikaskutsinia, uh, Nagoatsikutsinia, from the Sweetgrass First Nation in Treaty 6 territory, you know, I've been uh, immersed in Indigenous communities, Indigenous peoples my entire life. On the flip side of that, um, my mother is a proud descendant of, of Norwegian farmers from uh, southern Saskatchewan. So, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, my entire life has been about trying trying to reconcile the two um, the two worlds that I grew up in very very different um, but uh, you know uh, wanting I think to grow together so um, through through having these experiences through having the family that I have I've been drawn to the idea that you know indigenous people and non-indigenous people um, despite these these different places that we come from we actually have a lot more in common um, than we might think we do. And from uh, the way that I was raised, I've, I've uh, joined into um, this youth work that I do with Canadian Roots Exchange, providing young people with the opportunity that my parents' generation never had, my grandparents' generation never had to, um, to learn about one another. Uh, and to, to talk with one another, you know, these, these simple things. And, and from that, I've been very lucky to, to not only work with young people, but get to talk with um, Canadians across the country and from the union movement to the private sector and even uh, the federal public service. So that's just a brief background in, in the work that I'm involved in. 
Uh, well, I'm I'm not indigenous, but uh, I'm a proud northerner who uh, has had uh, the opportunity to work for many years across the north um, um, with a variety of different levels of government, federal, provincial, and and uh, territorial. I'm originally a researcher in terms of uh, my schooling, uh, but then I came to public service and. Uh, through those experiences, uh, I've been really fortunate to work in the fields of uh, communications, policy, Aboriginal and treaty rights, environment and wildlife conservation, uh, economic development, systems implementation, and program administration uh, over a number of years. And one of the things that I think that uh, working for different levels of government provides is truly an ability to, to build the Canada of tomorrow with our Indigenous partners. And uh, I definitely think through a variety of uh, different experiences that I've had um, with different orders of government, I've had uh, a humble uh, but hopefully useful part in uh, contributing to that. What are some of the key things about Indigenous peoples in Canada that all public servants need to learn about? And how does this impact the work of the government? Well, that's uh, that's a great question. It's such a big question. You know, when I think about um, the last 150, uh, last 151 years, and even longer than that, actually, you know, I think about the the trouble that the federal government has has caused for Indigenous people. We don't have to look too far back, and you know, we've heard time and time again the the problems that plague Indigenous communities and, and plague Indigenous peoples. We know the statistics and, and all these sorts of, of things. Um, we know that that was due to policy. We know that that was due to um, the work of the predecessors of, of those listening to this podcast. Now, uh, what I think that, uh, that public servants need to know about Indigenous people today is that they are um, people, you know, and sometimes we we forget that. And when I go and talk to public servants, they say that sometimes things can seem uh, a little too Ottawa-y. And uh, and I, I take that to mean that it's very um, it's it's very disconnected from the folks who are on the ground. You know, I have the great opportunity to work in Indigenous communities to go back to my community every chance that I get, and there are good people doing extraordinary work uh, with the, the, the fewest of resources. I think uh, what we have to make sure as a country and something that is imperative for, for federal public servants to, to take up in their work is to ensure that reconciliation does not become a partisan issue, that no one uh, political party gets to carry this as, as their political football, that no matter who wins the next election, be it the, the, the Purple Party or anyone else, that this work continues because it is incumbent uh, upon all of us to make sure that this work succeeds. You know, we are the fastest growing population in this country. And, and if we continue down the path that, that we're currently on, the outcomes for Canada aren't going to be so great. We're going to end up spending much more money on on welfare and 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 prisons and you know these these awful sort of costs that we currently are, are having to pay instead of education. 
and, you know, uh, building healthier nations, building capacity and infrastructure in Indigenous communities that gets to support uh, the entire country. I think, you know, I, I'm often jealous of, of federal public servants because they're at the forefront, just as Christian said, of, of working with First Nations communities to build a better country. To me, there's nothing more exciting than that. I, I agree very much with Max. Um, I think, um, you know, with respect to um, education and learning about our Indigenous partners, it's really a lifelong endeavor. Canada is really so fortunate to have so many different Indigenous peoples, and there's so much to learn that, um, you know, only by really committing yourself to doing this over the course of an entire lifetime uh, do you start kind of scratching at the surface and, and uh, learning about um, uh, the, the myriad of awesome that is this country. Uh, I think uh, also in terms of one of the really important things of doing that is, you know, when, when you work for government and you're working in service of uh, all Canadians, you really need to understand uh, the people that you're serving. So uh, with respect to our Indigenous partners, I think it's really important to kind of know the territory that you're working in and the context of Indigenous peoples and cultures that you serve. Um, that helps you do a better job. Um, and it's also uh, really exciting things to learn about um, our country. And so I think those things are, are, are um, really incredibly important. And also, you know, for, for us as public servants, um, not only taking on that uh, mantle ourselves, but then also within the teams we work with, uh, the workplaces we work in, uh, raising that awareness and building that into um, how we uh, undertake our work. I think I really love the notion of partnership and, um, and you know, if we go back in our history and we think about treaties, um, you know, uh, we think about, you know, those are formalized agreements about, you know, partnering together, uh, living together, sharing the bounty of this country, as, as Max has uh, previously said. And I, I think that ethic, if that ethic kind of, you know, guides uh, everything we do in public service uh, and we build that really on a daily basis into the work that we do, in so doing, we will really build uh, uh, the better Canada tomorrow. Tell me about some useful ways to raise awareness of Indigenous peoples in the work of government. Yeah, well, you know, I I, uh, I get this question a lot about, you know, what should I read and, and who should I talk to and all that sort of stuff. And one thing that, uh, that I often say to folks um, is that we are living in the age of information. You know, there's really no... Um, there's really no excuse to not uh, not have you know that basic understanding of of indigenous communities, indigenous peoples, and and pe- you know sometimes people uh, think that this is very very serious or maybe a lot more serious uh, than it has to be, um, and they have to you know go out um, and go on some pilgrimage to to a community and you know seek out a, an an elder and all this sort of stuff, and that's great. That's great. I think um, I think people should should uh, you know do that if if they have the time, all that sort of stuff. That's not the reality for everybody. Or people don't know how to begin. So I often tell people, you know, use our most knowledgeable elder, Grandma Google, to to begin to understand uh, what they don't know. You know, there's a there's a ton of videos and and books and reports and 
you know, every every resource available out there, you know, for every sort of learning style out there that can teach you about the history of this country that you weren't educated about in school, that you weren't uh, you weren't told that you needed to know when you first started this job. And, you know, uh, this isn't just for and I want to make this clear. This isn't just for uh, the younger folks. This is important for uh, lifelong public servants to, to know as well. This is for everyone from the DM uh, to, to, you know, um, managers to policy analysts and everyone in between to begin to understand and to begin to have that conversation of how do you take what the TRC has written about or how do you take what, what uh, you know, Eighth Fire has talked about and how do you apply that to your day-to-day work? How do you build reconciliation into your Monday to Friday um, into your into your Sunday to Sunday. I mean, this is this is not uh, this is not something that that will leave you, you know, at the end of the workday. We need to make sure that that people are passionate about seeing this this project completed, whether they stay in the public service or not. I do love the idea of grammar Google <laughs> because <laughs> because I don't doubt that there's a lot of desire for public servants to learn more, but there's the question where to go and where to go in such a way that doesn't make them feel like they're admitting ignorance or that they're losing face in the process of trying to make an honest effort to just become more knowledgeable of what's really happening. So yeah, grandma Google, perfectly safe, simple option to, to learn more, but in a very private way. One, some things that I'd add to it is, you know, listen to folks like Max and other amazing Indigenous leaders who are uh, doing amazing things and, you know, bringing some really innovative uh, thinking to what's needed uh, in terms of uh, building the Canada of tomorrow. I think, you know, with Grandma Google, which is perhaps the best term I've heard in a long time, uh, that's one way, but certainly with uh, social media, um, you know, we can be learning on a daily basis about um, the issues, perspectives, um, and ideas that are um, coming to the forefront and being considered about the Canada of tomorrow. And so, um, you know, I think we need to kind of take that as um, a clear challenge and indication that not learning uh, everything we can uh, in terms of uh, building a Canada tomorrow in partnership with one another is, is just simply not on because um, there's just too much great information out there. And um, and I think it's important too, getting to uh, back to Max's point about uh, how reconciliation um, cannot be a, um, a, a partisan uh, issue. I, I think too, understanding the myriad of views because, um, you know, if you're going out there to kind of uh, learn uh, everything we can about um, things we can do um, with Indigenous partners in in terms of building this Canada, there are a lot of views out there. Um, And it's really important for us to kind of uh, learn as many of those as possible and, and really consider uh, each of those on their merits and understand kind of where they're coming from. So the, the task is, is significant, but it's a very worthy task. And um, I'll, I'll offer a few other thoughts. I think as uh, public servants, we're really compelled to do this. Um, I mean, if we look at the TRC report, you know, I'm, I'm reminded by call to action number 57, which really calls on government uh, to provide education to public servants on you know, the history of Aboriginal peoples, um, and um, that is a task that we really, each of us in our work 
workplaces need to take um, uh, to heart, and we need to think of uh, you know the different ways in which we can make that real and relevant on a daily basis. Um, there's so many other great ideas, and I'm, I'm just going to name a few of them because I think uh, this could be helpful. Uh, and I found them extremely helpful. Um, some things like Crystal Frazier and Sarah Komarniski's 150 Acts of Reconciliation. If you uh, look for that on Twitter, you'll see that's uh, an amazing uh, set of suggestions uh, that people can kind of uh, undertake right away. Um, um, and, you know, making it real and relevant um, across the country in different ways. I was in PEI a few years ago, and one of the things that really stood out to me is we went to this restaurant called Fireworks, Fireworks at uh, uh, the Inn of Bay of Fortune. And it was really interesting to see the head chef begin the night with an acknowledgement of being together on Mi'kmaq lands. And I, I was surprised by that, but I was really um, impressed by that because, you know, to me, that recognition of um, inherent partnership, of um, sharing the land with our Indigenous partners, and of the, you know, how else would you start uh, a dinner service really stuck out to me as, you know, signs of the, the Canada of tomorrow that we can kind of build into today. Now, the Prime Minister has called for a renewed nation-to-nation relationship based on recognition of rights, respect, cooperation, and partnership. What actions do you believe public servants need to effectively put this into practice? Well, if that isn't the million-dollar question, my goodness, you know. Um, I think Ottawa is, um, and particularly public servants, are, um, are unsure. And I say this with respect, are unsure about what that exactly means and what the expectations are um, on them and how exactly to move forward. And, um, you know, uh, when I think about how many sectors government works with, you know, whether that's, uh, whether that's uh, the nonprofit sector, whether that's, uh, you know, the private sector, whether that's um, with international partners, et cetera, et cetera, you know, there's, there's so many um, blueprints that already exist for how to partner with people and how to cooperate with people. And I think, you know, for many people's entire careers, it has not been an expectation that Indigenous communities are cooperated with or partnered with. And it's going to be, you know, a big shift uh, for a lot of public servants to have to do that sort of work. Indigenous people, you know, have special rights in this country, have a unique status in this country, but they are also they're also human beings uh, who want to be cooperated with, like many other groups, with the recognition of that special status or or with recognition of their rights in this country. How do you how do you start a nation to nation relationship with people? Well, you go and you introduce yourself. You talk to one another about uh, what communities need, what a partnership looks like, the values that guide those things. And you work back from there. Canada is a, is a deeply uh, rich country with such strong and proud values like, uh, you know, defending human rights on the international stage, on, on you know, taking care of those most vulnerable, you know, of, of providing uh, for those who are down and out at the moment, except when it comes to First Nations communities. Now, I want to be very clear. There's two paths for 
uh, you know, the, the government, but also the public service uh, to take in, in you know, uh, the coming days, weeks, months, and years and mandates. Um, it's that uh, we have to raise the quality of life for uh, Indigenous peoples to that of non-Indigenous Canadians. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's not reconciliation. That's just the bare minimum. What comes after that, after every community has clean water and uh, a quality education and safety, uh, that's where the reconciliation begins. How do we make sure that my language, my culture, my beliefs that were broken down for so many years by the government of Canada, along with the churches, gets rebuilt again? Uh, that's where the nation building comes in. That's where the reconciliation really begins. But first, we have to get all of these quality of life issues uh, handled and, and out of the way. I, uh, I agree completely. I think we, we have to get to a point where, um, you know, those indices are not marked by um, uh, alarming gaps. Um, and until we get to a point where uh, those indices uh, are um, similar for, uh, similar for um, Indigenous uh, Canadians as it is for non-Indigenous, um, we, we will know we're not where we need to be yet. And I think there's a number of things that, um, you know, uh, personally as a, as a public servant, I think of in terms of um, following the, the prime minister's guidance uh, on this. You know, I think raising awareness is, is really important. It's, it's important for us um, uh, as public servants and the teams we work with to, uh, you know, understand uh, the context we're working in. Um, that'll be different for every team. Uh, there are a number of great resources out there. Some things that come to mind are, uh, you know, the blanket exercise. Uh, that's just one of many. Um, but doing what needs to be done so that our teams are um, um, continually learning and building on their awareness of uh, our Indigenous partners and how best to serve them is, is an important starting point. I think another thing, too, that really stands out is, you know, revisiting commonly held conceptions. I think, um, you know, some of the thinking um, um, that, that's gotten us to where we are right now um, bears looking at, uh, bears some scrutiny, uh, some, some reconsideration. Um, the thinking of yesterday won't necessarily get us to uh, the country of tomorrow. So I think as, as, as a public servant, I uh, really try and challenge myself to revisit those commonly held conceptions, to look at older problems, but look at them um, with a new eye, um, and certainly do so um, discussing with our Indigenous partners, get their perspectives on things, um, and, and uh, take that um, uh, as a means of kind of uh, trying to see um, uh, older matters uh, in a different light, and then after get uh, a, a positive result out of that. Um, and I think another thing uh, that that's really important in terms of um, any of the work that we do uh, in government is to start from a place of partnership. Think about uh, who are our Indigenous partners in terms of the work that we're doing. Uh, how best to get them involved, how best to make sure that we're understanding um, uh, their perspectives on, on the task ahead, and then really uh, in earnest building that into our approach. I think if we um, make uh, 
If we just, at a very kind of humble level, made those two points a uh, starting point in anything uh, that we do in terms of uh, working in service of Canadians, um, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous, uh, I think we'd see uh, some pretty interesting results stem from that. Now, 30 years from now, what does a future Canada look like where successive governments have made continued advances in reconciliation and partnership with Indigenous peoples? Boy, boy, this is this is my favorite topic ever talking about the future of what reconciliation looks like. I think, um, you know, it uh, it looks radically different than where we are now. It looks like my children being able to to be educated uh, in in their traditional language in the uh easily and readily with a curriculum that reflects uh, our worldview. And uh, and the worldview of our of our, our our ancestors, those who who came before us, it looks like a respectful relationship, not only between uh, you know uh, different municipalities, provincial government, with the federal government as well, and having indigeneity uh, woven into every different department in the federal government. This isn't just going to be for uh, Indigenous services or Crown Indigenous relations, but we're going to be talking about how do we build Indigenous international trade? You know, how do we have conversations about the social determinants of, of Indigenous health in the Department of, of Health? And all these sorts of things that, uh, that are only starting to begin now and today. For non-Indigenous people, it looks like, you know, the reflection and, and realization that they are treaty people as well, or, or, or guests on particular territory that do not have a treaty, and what their responsibilities and their rights are because of that. How do we relate to each other based on our shared history? It's a recognition that the relationship between Canada and Indigenous nations was promised, where I come from, many different areas of the country, for as long as the sun shines, for as long as the grass grows, for as long as the rivers flow. Those are the promises our ancestors made to each other. Those are the promises that, uh, that Indigenous people intend to keep in 30 years. I hope that those are promises that every Canadian knows, understands, um, and holds themselves, their governments, and their public service accountable to. I, I, I think I agree very much with that. Um, I think... Um Far too often, you know, in terms of building the country tomorrow, where we're faced with this dichotomy of of hope and despair, and I think the Canada that we will build collectively will one will be one that um, must be driven by hope, creativity, hard work, and putting our best selves forward. And I certainly, on a personal level, think that in the face of that dichotomy, I always uh, and emphatically choose hope. Um, uh, I'm extremely motivated uh, to come to work every day and do whatever the day demands and, and, and a humble part of um, contributing to uh, the broader project, which is building this country. And I, I truly believe that when I, when I see folks like Max and other amazing leaders um, uh, putting forward um, ideas that will bring about a new uh, future for this country, I'm, I'm very motivated. And I'm very convinced that uh, we will be the generation um, to right the wrongs of the past and to really um, 
um, continue the unfinished business of Confederation in many ways. Um, I, I think too. Um, um, there's there's a there's a there's a few things in the future Canada that I uh, uh, think will uh, necessarily be a part of that, um, and I think some of those include uh, thinking of ourselves more broadly as a country of nations. Um, if we go back to kind of the founding of this country, and we think about uh, returning to those roots, but in the modern sense, I think that's an essential component to that. Um, like I said earlier, I think um, uh, taking an inherent inherently uh, partnership-based approach um, is something we're, we're certainly called to do. Uh, you can see that um, grounded in, in treaties, um, and it's, it's just a better way of um, um, uh, working together in this country and, and achieving things uh, together. Um, formalized sharing mechanisms is another thing that I think uh, I see as part of the 30 years uh, from now Canada. Um, respect and recognition. I think, you know, in uh, a future Canada, we're going to see um, uh, a much more uh, multi-juridical uh, Canada where we see, you know, Indigenous laws across the country uh, be part of uh, the legal framework and be part of uh, uh, a future Canada and, um, and and be a tremendous benefit to um the continued development of this country. And I think, too, um, you know, perhaps seeing something like a, a royal proclamation uh, about a commitment to a new Canada uh, and a shared future. Um, I think 30 years from now, if we see that and a harmonization of sovereignties, and um, I certainly think that uh, um, a settlement of land issues is going to be critical to the to the future Canada we want to build. Um, um, uh, obviously, um, um, uh, there's a lot of good thinking that needs to go into that, but I think if we can kind of get to a point where we achieve a harmonization of sovereignties um, uh, in such a way that uh, people see themselves fully um, uh, represented and reflected in this country, um, um, that will be a critical uh, step to building the Canada of tomorrow. And uh, I think one thing that may may play a really important role in that is perhaps a new royal proclamation about this commitment to a new Canada and shared future. Um, uh, I really feel that this country um, uh, and the building of it is is unfinished. Uh, it will never be finished, but I think there are things that we can do uh, to uh, to play a part in its continued uh, development. And I think there are things that are really critical for us to do to make a Canada that is fully re uh, reflective and representative to all uh, and um, uh, achieves its fullest potential uh, on the global stage. Christian Bertelson, Max Feinday, thank you both so much for uh, for agreeing to speak with me today. Thank you, Todd. I didn't ask him and we'll talk to you again. You've been listening to Toddcast, a show for and about public servants. All opinions expressed are strictly those of the individual and are not necessarily those of their employer. Special thanks to our patrons, Steve Buell, Elizabeth Ellis, Steph and Aaron Percival, Abe Greenspoon, M.F. Burford, Rod Gallant, Donna Mandeville, George Wenzel, Greg White, Octavia James, Tim Bauma, Dwight Coots, Justin Henry, Pamela James, and Pierre-Luc Pilon. However you found this, please help bring meaningful content to the public service. Become a subscriber, share the episodes, rate the content, and write me. Let me know what's on your mind. You can reach me at todd at toddlions.ca. This episode's music was by Kai Engel. 
Toddcast is produced using open source software and is free to use and share under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License because, like open source, open content and open licensing makes the world a better place. I'm Todd Lyons. I'll see you online.